David is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Wherever we are, God is so delighted to receive our worship. Uh, as a children of God, we want to give our God our best worship. Amen. 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 And we have a speaker today, uh, our uh, own uh, Eugene. Pastor Eugene is here with us today. And he's going to serve us today and last uh, Sunday of May. And hopefully he can speak more since this is his break, summer break, so he can speak more for us. So let's welcome uh, Pastor Eugene. Okay, I hope everybody is doing well at home during this time. So let me um, start off by prayer one more time. And so let's bow our heads and let's uh, pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, Jesus Christ, we just lift you up at this time, Lord. Um, I just pray that you um, prepare our hearts for this message and you use, use me to deliver this message. Give me um, clarity of mind. Give me the boldness to speak. And just uh, please use me and not let me speak my own words, but let me speak your words. Uh, we lift all these things up in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to start off with, um, by explaining three scenarios, okay? So I'm going to start off with the first scenario. Just imagine there's a, there's a sickness that has an 80% mortality rate. And this sickness came from merchant ships um, carrying these rats, presumably from China. And these rats were filled with just fleas, fleas infested with these sicknesses. And these merchant ships would land at these, uh, at these cities. And wherever these merchant ships would land, these cities would be decimated by this, uh, by this weird sickness. And the symptoms of these sickness, this sickness was you'd have an extremely high fever, extreme chills, extreme body aches, and you'd have um, these pus-filled lymph nodes called buboes that would form near your groin or your armpit. And um, it's estimated that 45 to 50% of Europe was actually um, killed by the sickness. And what's interesting to note about this sickness is that Actually, a mini ice age occurred because so many people died that there was less carbon dioxide in there. And the second scenario. So in 1918, the world had just gone through an extremely um, terrifying war. Many people died. Nations were in ruins. The medical infrastructure was in complete shambles because the medical infrastructure was caring, uh, caring for the sick, I mean caring for the wounded soldiers, soldiers coming back from battle. And th this medical infrastructure was extremely fragile, extremely weak. And the nations were extremely weak because they had just gone through this war. So the climate was um, ripe for this new sickness to come. And this sickness is estimated to, to have killed up to 100 million people. And this sickness actually targeted healthy young individuals. And it's theorized that these healthy young individuals died because their immune systems were so strong that the sickness would release something called a cytokine storm, which is an over-response of the immune system. And this over-response of the immune system would actually just totally wipe your immune system out. And lots and lots of people died. And this third scenario is, it's, it's theorized that this sickness came from wet markets in China, came, went to a pangolin, and from a pangolin it came to humans. And 
right now, many people are dying, thousands of people are dying, economies are shut down, and the world is just questioning what's going to happen next. And actually, these th three scenarios actually have happened in real life. As you guys probably guessed, the third scenario is the COVID-19 virus. The first scenario was actually the Black Plague, and the second one was the Spanish flu of 1918. And what do these uh, things all have in common, right? What they have all in common were that they were sicknesses. The way of life was completely changed. Uh, uncertainty was everywhere. Fear was everywhere. And people were kind of uh, just scared, maybe even looking to God and asking, what, what's going to happen next? And I know for myself, um, this, this COVID-19 virus, I came here for the first week of March for my uh, spring break. What turned into supposed to be a one-week break, I was here the whole time. Um, they told us to stay home. Classes all moved to online classes. And for me, it was, uh, it was very hard, very, very hard. Um, being motivated for classes, having to wake up at 5.30 in the morning because my time, time zones were different. It was, um, it was hard for me. It was hard for me. And especially for me, I have a field education coming up next semester. And this uncertainty of the COVID-19 virus is, am I going to be able to do this field education? Am I going to be able to get this requirement out of the way? And there's a lot of fear for me, a lot of uncertainty. And what's kind of funny was that I think a week or so ago, me and my family were all having dinner and we were discussing this COVID-19 virus. And my dad was kind of uh, venting about how uh, his business is um, kind of uh, struggling. There's things going on and um, he's, he was kind of, uh, kind of scared. But after all of that, we were talking about it and he kind of smiled and he said, but you know what, this, is, uh, this has been a good experience. And I kind of looked at him funny, I was like, good experience, huh? But I think maybe he, he, he knows it's a good experience because he knows these three things I'm about to tell you. These three, uh, th three things about God. And let me start off with by reading um, the scripture for, for you guys first that corresponds with this, uh, with this sermon. It's Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And it goes, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, for, understand, for his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who, who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall not run and not be weary. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord, Isaiah 40, 28-31. So I'm going to be telling you guys three, three truths about God that I think are going to help us through this pandemic. And the first, first truth is God is the everlasting God. So let me, God is the everlasting God. So have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? So Isaiah says the Lord is the everlasting God. The Lord is the everlasting God, but our way of life is not everlasting. Before this pandemic, you know, we would uh, not have to wear face masks. We could go out to the mall. We could go out to the movies. We could go out to the beach. 
But now we can't even do all that stuff. We can't go to the gym. We can't do any of those things. Our way of life is completely different. It's so fragile, and it, it just shows our way of life is not forever. It's not everlasting, but God is, God is everlasting. So what, is, uh, what does everlasting mean to you guys? I know what it means for me. For me, everlasting means that God is unchanging, God is forever, and God will be there forever. And um, the definition that I got from the dictionary is actually unchanging means lasting forever or a very long time, which I don't think is inadequate, is a, it's a, not an adequate definition for me. But what this all means is that everything will pass. This suffering will pass, this uh, uncertainty will pass, this uh, economic hardship will pass, but at the end, God's, God will still be there. God will be the one standing, and God will not change. God's goodness will still be there. And I have an example about um, that I'm going to be telling you guys about. It's about these African-American slaves and how they use the everlasting God as, uh, as a way for their support. As you guys know, the United States was a slaveholding nation at one point, and when we held these slaves, we would teach them about the Bible. And we would leave out certain parts, but certain slaves, when they read the Bible, or the ones that were able to read, when they read the Bible, the stories that they gravitated to were the story of the Israelites and uh, how the Israelites were taken out of Egypt. Why? Because the Israelites were slaves at one point, And they really identified with the Israelites as slaves. And these white, white, um, white owners of them, of them would try to use different passages. They would twist the word of God. They would try to twist who God was by showing them these passages that showed, you know, slaves obey your masters or things like that. And they would try to twist the words to try to get the slaves to uh, be obedient to them. But these slaves would, uh, they knew who God was. They knew that God never changed. And they would go back to the story of the Israelites and be like, no. It's not who God is. God sides with the slaves. God brings the slaves out of Israel, I mean out of Egypt, to make them into a nation. And these slaves held on to that truth of God. And they wouldn't listen to uh, the white slave owners because they knew that those white slave owners, what they were preaching or what they were trying to teach was not the true word of God because they truly knew who God was. And there's a name for the everlasting God, which is El Olam. And El is, uh, is the singular name for, used for God. As you guys know, El Shaddai or El Kanah. And um, it means strength, power. And Olam means world, universe, eternal, forever, everlasting, time or space. So no matter what circumstances, God is El Olam, the everlasting Father, the everlasting God. And even through these times of COVID-19, he's going to stay the same. And, um, yeah, God will be here forever, and no matter what, you can, we, can, we can look to God because he's going to be that pillar that's never changing. And we can all, you can always look to that pillar, that un never changing pillar. So let me read these verses for you. Psalm 90, verses 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or 
Forever you had formed the earth and the world. From, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. It says that God never changes. And God made the mountains from the beginning. So God was here from the beginning. And God never changes. And that means God is the everlasting God. And that is the one truth. That is one truth that we can stick on to and be confident of. Point number two, he makes the weak powerful. One thing COVID-19 has done for us for sure is uh, maybe made us realize our mortality. Made us realize how uh, weak we are. Made us realize how reliant on uh, God we are. And, um, you know, could I, could I, I could also mention the Jews again, the Israelites. They were slaves, but God brought them up, and they, he made them into a nation. And he made that nation be the, be the nation that would um, bring the Savior to the world. And um, also slaves, the, the African-American slaves, they looked to God, and they were able to um, form this, this strength behind God as well. And they were also able to get identities and um, feel, feel, felt, felt like they had worth because they knew who God was. And I'm going to be telling you guys another example about the Second Great Awakening. The Second Great Awakening uh, was a pivotal moment in U.S. history where basically our nation became a Christian nation. Um, after the Revolutionary War, I think maybe 7% of Americans were going to church but I think after the Great Awakening, um, it was like up to, up, upwards of like 90-something percent. So it was a big, big shift. And this, uh, something great about the Great Awakening was it actually made the weak very powerful. Um, slaves and women were uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were able to go out and preach. Before that, if you were a slave or you were a woman and you tried to preach, people would just look at you real funny and not even listen to you. And people would probably ridicule you. But the Great Awakening was a great leveler because it showed that the spirit can go to anyone. It can fill anybody up, and anybody can be used by God. And um, there's a especially a significant woman. Her name was Jerina Lee. And she was a slave, and she was a black woman. And she tried many, many times to preach. And she would go, she would go to church, and she would start preaching. And there was this uh, pastor, his name was uh, Richard Allen. And he, every time he would say, you know, there's just not room for women to preach. But that didn't deter her. She would keep going up and up and up. And every moment she, she'd try to get, she'd go and preach. And eventually Richard Allen saw that, you know, this woman, she's really filled with the spirit of God. I should take her seriously. And Jerina Lee became this great woman. Uh, she... Uh, was one of the leading figures of the great, uh, the second, uh, second great awakening. And she's like a counter, uh, she's like an example of how God can use the weak, God can use uh, the poor, God can use, uh, yeah, God can use anybody basically. And Jerina Lee was a prime example of that. And this passage, Luke 14, 21, says, The servant came back and reported to this, report this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the street and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, 
the crippled, the blind, and the lame. This verse is actually about a great banquet that um, this person was, uh, was hosting. And he went out and asked all these people to come, but all these people refused. So he went out and he brought the crippled, the blind, and the lame. So I think this shows that God has a special place for all these people, these weak people. He includes them in the banquet. He, he props them up into uh, seats of honor. And he uh, lifts them up and he makes them powerful. And I think uh, in this time where in this pandemic, a lot of us might feel weak. A lot of us might feel, you know, like uh, we're in trouble. But guess what? God can prop you up and he'll make you powerful. He will give you strength. And there's a significance uh, behind this eagle passage where it says, even youth shall faint and be and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up wings like eagles. And eagles actually have a very significant place in um, biblical, uh, in the Bible. Eagles can either mean, can signify Christ as Christ rises up, and eagles really soar up high in the, high in the sky. Or it could also signify eagles as uh, the protector, because eagles... When they, uh, when they nurse their youths, they, they nurse their youths till uh, I think, to adulthood, basically. So they're able to fly on their own, to able to fend on their own. So these basically were made like eagles. God has watched over us, and we become from baby eagles to, to you know, to the prime eagles, the ones that could fly, ones that could uh, fend for ourselves. And that's the significance of the eagles. And another thing is that, how God can make the weak powerful is through, um, through community. It doesn't have to be uh, through a direct action from God, but our community can step together and uh, can help, help each other out. I know that, um, I know some land, uh, some tenants actually cut their rent in half to help um, these people during uh, times of, uh, this time where the people are struggling. People are struggling to make rent. People are struggling to find work. So I think that's, uh, we as a community can step together and help each other out as well. So this is my third and final point, which is that God is bigger than the pandemic. What's crazy for me is that our lives at this, at this moment, it feels like it's completely just dominated by the pandemic. You turn on, you turn on the news, what, what do you see on the news? It's, it's, pitch, it's pictures of people with masks, they're talking about the virus. They're talking about death rates. They're talking about all sorts of things. And you, you go on the internet, you see on the websites talking about coronavirus. Everything, your whole life has become dominated by the coronavirus. And that, that means that fear is also is dominating us as well. Because if coronavirus is dominating everything, that, that means fear as well is dominating everything as well. And that's what's crazy. We're letting this fear overrule, overrule God. This fear is uh, becoming the biggest thing in our in our lives. This uncertainty is becoming bigger than, be, becoming bigger than God to us, to some of us. I mean, to a lot of us actually, because what we think about most is this fear, this uncertainty. And that's for me is a. It's a big problem because God is way bigger than this pandemic. God is way bigger than the sickness. And we're forgetting that how big God is, how powerful God is, uh, what God can do because we're just so wrapped up in this fear. It doesn't make, for me, it doesn't make sense.
But I understand why people are so wrapped up. So when you become like this, when you become so wrapped up in fear, you almost become a child of fear. It's like you're a child of fear when, and you forget that you were actually a child of God. You're a child of God and not a child of fear. And I think um, one way God is bigger than the pandemic is actually through these online services. We, we're showing that, you know, even through this, uh, through this weird times, through this, uh, through this struggle, we can still have worship. We can still come together as a community. We can have online service. We can still preach the word of God. We can still um, feel a sense of community because we're watching these services together through online. Online, And I think that's just a great way that shows that, you know, God is bigger than this pandemic. We can easily, you know, just fold up and um, not do these things. But we're sticking together as a church. We're coming together as a community. And we're really trying which I really appreciate every Sunday watching you guys come 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 to church actually, and uh, getting this stuff together is for me it's it's been a godsend it's it's amazing. And another example is uh, you know Martin Luther. Um, this man was he's not the perfect man we know that uh, he was an anti anti semite, <laughs> but he, <laughs> but he was a great man in in terms of uh, church history. He uh, he realized that the Catholic Church was uh, doing all sorts of diff- all sorts of bad things, making uh, people pay indulgences, um, making making it so that the church was also needed for people to get salvation. When it's not the church's need, is but it's Jesus Christ alone. And Martin Luther just couldn't have that, so he risked his life. He nailed the the ninety five theses on the church with Wittenberg Church and. He realized that God is bigger than um, bigger than even the church itself. God is bigger than um, the world order at that moment. The world order, which is the Catholic Church, Catholic Church ruled everything, and he was going up against them because he realized that the truth of God, the who he who he who he knew God was, was way more important than dying or all that stuff. And what's what's also crazy to me is all of us are wearing masks, all of us are, you know, standing six feet apart. And we show more reverence to the government sometimes than to God himself, which is, uh, for me, which is shocking, right? Like, some of us, a lot of us, I know me, can sin so easily, but when we go out, oh, you got to wear a mask, you, you got to wear a mask, you got to wash your hands, we got to follow these regulations, it's crazy to me. It's yeah, the government has become bigger than our, bigger than God, and we gotta, you know, just shift around and realize that God is way bigger than the sickness. God is bigger than the government, and God is the biggest thing for all of us. But that doesn't mean that we should, uh, you know, disobey and not be smart. We sh- that doesn't mean we should go out without masks and say, you know, God is big, so He's got us. No, that's that's not it. You still gotta be wise. You still got to be smart, and you still got to, you know, be courteous of others. But my point is this, you guys, when we think about God, sometimes we forget how everlasting he is. We forget that how much he gives strength to the weak, and we forget how big he is sometimes. We get so wrapped up in our current situation, our current, uh, our current plights, and we just drown ourselves in those thoughts, and we forget that we have this God who's so big, God who can work miracles, a God who's so great, a God who died for us on the cross, 
a God who brought these Israelites out of Egypt, the part of the Red Sea, God, God that created the heavens and the earth. We forget how great this God is, which is sometimes we just need a we just need a reality check again, and we just need to remember all these things. And now, now as I you know talk about these three things, I think um, maybe my dad really did need these three things when he said that that uh, what he said last week when he said maybe it is a good experience that this pandemic is uh, happening. And when we look back, maybe we can all say the same thing because we realized how great God is and what God can do for us. So let's pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just lift you up and uh, we just thank you once again for uh, being our God, the God who um, guides us through these tough times, a God who's everlasting, a God who uh, champions the weak, a God who's bigger than everything. Lord Jesus, we love you so much and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.